Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, day 27. Heads up, which is a bit of street slang used to indicate you should pay attention. Today I'm going to ask you to pull from some of the list exercises you were doing right back near the start, so you might like to make sure you've got those close at hand. Uh, for the last few days we've been exploring through diverse means this concept of voice. I, I personally think voice is one of the most prized commodities in fiction and probably one of the most undertaught. Partly because it's hard to define. When we talk about voice, sometimes we mean the narrator. You know, we just liked hanging out with the character who was telling the story. Sometimes we mean style. You know, there was something enjoyable, engaging about the way the story was written. Sometimes we mean this adjacent but overlapping concept of tone, which is its own six-pack of worm cans. But I, I think in this instance has to do with the way the story relates to itself. You know, does the story present the subject matter seriously, frivolously, satirically, confidentially? What are the rules of the world that are implied by how it tells itself. If you can write a story with a voice that readers engage with, they will forgive a, any implausibility or even the complete absence of plot. Readers like a quotable voice, you know, a mischievous or forthright voice. And in a way, I think the term voice misleads us as to what the appeal actually is, because it's less about receiving something, you know, being spoken to, and more like granting the reader this fantastic new pair of spectacles through which they can view the world. So, for example, if the voice of a novel is very erudite and well-read, then for a while we get to feel a bit brainy ourselves, and oh, look at me, aren't I fancy? It's like we see the world through clever spectacles. If the voice is cackling and wicked, then we get to indulge our dark side, which can be cathartic and healthy. But one very important point to note is voice doesn't necessarily mean a first-person narrator. Lots of novels hailed for their strong voice are told by a first-person narrator, often a nominal outsider who maybe sees the world in a slightly unusual way, but it can just as easily be a third-person narrator written with a bit of spark. Uh, I suppose the uh, classic example is Jane Austen. I'm not sure you can entirely plan or calculate the voice of your story beforehand. You can't really sit down and go, right, I'm going to create a bold voice or whatever. But you can play with style, with attitude, with the way in which your narrative orients itself in relation to the story and the characters. You can make strong choices and a memorable voice will often emerge organically from that process. Now, like I say, this shades into areas like tone and even genre. The voice of a really good romance novel, for example, or a noirish detective novel or a thriller, that's going to be intimately tied up with the genre that you're writing in. Literary fiction, for my part, I think is is basically only voice. People will sometimes claim literary fiction is about ideas or themes. Bollocks! The ideas in literary fiction if you actually examine them on their own terms, are incredibly basic, almost insultingly so. In intellectually, they're almost worthless. Oh, secrets in families come back to haunt you. Humans are complicated. The story we have of someone isn't always the whole picture. Great, well done. I feel so educated by your incredible insight. No, we knew that already. Literary fiction isn't about the ideas. It never was. It's about how we're made to experience them, how the reader, through the voice, lives them. A lot of authors don't really think about voice, they just write in what they imagine to be the default third-person limited style, with a fairly workmanlike prose and, and, and the occasional semi-fancy simile like a big Moroccan table lamp in a living room otherwise furnished entirely from Ikea. So I want us to spend the next few days in the lab, 
uh, which is uh, short for laboratory, uh, running some experiments, looking at voice and also inevitably, because all areas of fiction spill into each other, writing isn't an aeroplane meal, it's a big wholesome spicy stew, guess who ate stew just before recording, uh, looking at character and conflict and how either develops and reveals the other. I want to do some connected exercises where you get to play around with different ideas, develop those ideas and, and do some proof of concept stuff so you can get a better idea for a feel for the range of modes available to you. Now, don't worry, I'm not planning on strong-arming you into perpetually writing in some fruity theatrical monologue. You must emote, darling. I I just want to establish how broad the territory of style that we're working in is. Then, if you decide that, hey, all this story needs is just a matter-of-fact vanilla third-person narration, vanilla-ration, if you will, you'll be doing that as a conscious choice. You'll be doing it as an empowered piece of exercising your freedom, not just because you're following patterns you're not aware of. So I want you to go back to your lists and grab a name from the list of character names and a location from the list of locations. The latter could even be the place you fleshed out in the two-column exercise with facts and opinions, but only if you're particularly drawn to that. You know, if that was something that you felt like you wanted to explore more, you know, otherwise just take a random one. So yeah, a character name and a place for them to be. Now, you can pause the podcast in a second if you if you want to spend some time finding those and doing that and picking one. But um, I'll just explain what you're going to be using them for. Uh, for today, in a second, you're going to write a scene in this location that you've chosen with the named character as your protagonist. And I'd like you to do it in the third person past tense. So um, they picked up the pen. He was wearing a grey jumpsuit. No thanks, she said, etc. That sort of thing. And let's um, keep this to third person limited. So if you don't know, a limited third person narrator as opposed to an omniscient narrator is a narrator who still talks about the characters in the story as other people. You know, she did this, they did that, but whose knowledge is restricted to what a single character in that scene knows at this moment in time. Sometimes that character will be referred to as the viewpoint character. So if we're nominally following a police officer for example who who, um, enters a house after a call about a disturbance the narrator might tell the story from her point of view while still referring to her as a character separate for themselves so the door hung open as she came near picking her way over the rusted skeletons of lawnmowers and mountain bikes her nostrils twitched at a waft of sweet damp air something was moving in the room beyond for example Now, the narrator doesn't step in to tell us what was moving because the viewpoint character doesn't know what was moving. The narrator tracks her experience, which makes us feel closer to her. We're more likely to identify with her. And it's usually, and I say usually very advisedly because not always, but it's usually more interesting because there's this push-pull of withheld information and revelation. And it more closely mirrors how we as human beings perceive the world. Now, there are lots of different ways you can slice this. Uh, Narrator doesn't always have to stay as limited. Sometimes it becomes very close to the viewpoint character and then pulls away and kind of moves in and out. That's all possibilities. You know, it exists. There's various positions you can uh, occupy on a spectrum between omniscient and limited, and you can slide the slider up and down even within a single scene. And lots of really cool effects you can create by ignoring the strategy entirely. But let's start here. Because a lot of problems I see with people's novels stem, I think, from an inability to get a grip on writing decent third-person limited narration. In fact, I'd go so far as to say it's a fundamental skill. Even if you never use third-person limited narration in your work, I think you need, as an author, to have the ability to write it. So we're going to write a scene 
with your character in this location and they're waiting for someone. Think about sensory details, what this person can see, hear, smell, feel, even taste. Give us a paragraph or so of their waiting in this location. Give us a sense of their psychological state. Then the person they're waiting for shows up. Who is this person? Hmm. Why is your protagonist waiting for them? Was this meeting arranged? How does either character feel about it? Now, I don't know, but I would like you to include a bit of dialogue in this scene, please. Someone should say something. It would be nice if there was a verbal exchange. Maybe one person says something to the other and the other person says something back at some point. We might not fully understand the relationship between these two characters by the time the bell rings, but it would be nice if we got some sense of the power dynamic between them, their relative status. You know, in fact, I would say it is probably for the best if we don't know every single back, back bit of their backstory. Back bit of their backstory, that's not a phrase, is it? We don't know every single piece of their backstory, their biography, their relative relationship, but we start to get a sense of the shape of it. And, and that is actually about it, by the way. That's all the restriction I want to give you. Take your named character, put them in a location. If you absolutely hate all the names you've got written down, if you abominate every last place in your list, by all means, feel free to make up appropriate substitutes. That's fine. I've only said to get them for your list because I, I don't want the focus of today's exercise to be coming up with them. They're just necessary parts for being able to do this exercise. So take your character, describe a scene restricted to their perspective in third person limited, limited and then introduce this person that they're waiting for phew right thank you for sticking with me this far are you ready to have a go fantastic i knew you would be three two one go
And there we have it. So I don't know how that turned out, what you came up with, if you're frantically evaluating now, thinking, oh my goodness, that was dreadful, or perhaps brilliant. What it's definitely done is put you through your paces for another day. You're building creative strength and flexibility. You are moving consistently in the right direction and that's all we care about at the moment okay i shall waffle no more i'm going to hand your ears back to you um please look after them and i will chat with you again tomorrow the 100 day writing challenge is made possible with the kind support of arts council england